Your TCU Horn Frogs are 1 and 0. They won the first game of the Sunny Dykes era. The offense was clunkier than we thought and there are some injuries especially at the quarterback position. We'll talk about all that and more next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, I am Steven Simcox. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. TCU was 1-0. They defeated Colorado 38-13 on Friday evening in what was sort of a strange game. I mean, a tale of two halves in a lot of ways. The first half was really rough for Sonny Dyke's team. They did have the lead. They're up 7-6 to six going into the locker room. Um, and I'll say this. I thought the defense played really well. You know, there was a weather delay. It was a late game already. I don't know how much of an effect that had. Um, on the game itself, Coach Dyke said in the postgame presser that they had simulated or kind of gone over with the guys, okay, here's what we would do in a weather delay situation this year, and the players took that to heart, and they did exactly what the coaching staff asked of them. But still, I'm sure the players were amped up, and then you get out there a little later than you think. You have to warm up again. Uh, that does mess with your routine a little bit. Now, defensively, the team played really well all night. Um, Colorado is pretty anemic on offense. And I, I think there's some big concerns for them. You know, mainly J.T. Shrout, their backup QB, has a really live arm. And it seems like when he got in there, the offense had a little bit of life. But for whatever reason, they're pretty content to roll with uh, Brendan Lewis. And the offense is just very different when he's in the game. But overall, I thought TCU held up really well against the run. You know, Dominic Williams, we talked a lot about him starting a nose tackle. Uh, and, and that that might be an issue. It wasn't Friday night. I mean, he was fantastic. Got to the quarterback once for a sack, had a few more tackles, was disruptive, did everything you'd want out of a nose guard um, in a 3-3-5 scheme. D. Winters looked like he was uh, revitalized a little bit. He was flying around making plays. Secondary, I thought, held up pretty well. Um, you know, had a pass interference call that I thought was pretty bogus that negated a Nuke Bradford interception. Um, and I think – Travius got beat once when they had Colorado backed up in man coverage. Uh, I guess that was probably towards the end of the first half. But anyway, all that to say, I thought the defense overall played really well. If they didn't give up that garbage time touchdown late in the game, they would have held Colorado to six points. Um, and Alex Fontenot, the Colorado running back who has been around there in Boulder for a while, you know, he only had eight carries for 31 yards. Their leading rusher, was actually um, Brennan Lewis, the QB, with 42 yards on eight carries, but only a hurt, uh, only 113 yards rushing for Colorado total. Um, and again, I just I was impressed with how fast the defense looked flowing to the football. It seemed like they had a really good handle on what Joe Gillespie was trying to get across them defensively from a scheme perspective. Now on the offensive side of the ball, Chandler Morris did get the start, and he did not look super comfortable passing the football in the first half. Now the stat line ends up being he's 13 for 20 for 111 yards, only five yards per completion average. They did not take any shots. It was strange to me. Um, you know, I, I think part of that is probably some week one growing pains, trying to stay a little vanilla in the passing game. But aside, I'm trying to think, aside from a shot to Quentin Johnson in the first quarter that was incomplete, he caught the ball, but he was out of bounds. Um, they really did not throw the football down the field much. 
And Chandler missed some throws early in the game. You know, he had Darius Davis um, on a crossing pattern. The ball's a little behind him. It's probably one that Davis, uh, or I guess that was probably, I think that was Tay Barber, actually. It's probably one that Tay Barber feels like he should have caught. But bottom line was it was incompletion. He had one he threw across his body that was a little behind Quentin Johnston. Again, that's probably a ball Quentin should catch. But it, it wasn't a totally accurate throw. Um, and then it seemed like about midway through the first half, they kind of gave up and just decided going to the quick passing game would be the best option. So you saw a lot of screens. Um, you know, you saw some some jet sweeps, some designed run plays, the wide receivers. I think the thing that disappointed me the most was we talked all offseason about how Quentin Johnston was going to have this breakout year. He had three catches for 22 yards. They could not find a way to get him the ball. Now, in the second half, Chandler put some pretty good drives together. You know, one of them capped off by a long touchdown run by Amari Di Mercado. The second one ended in a field goal. Unfortunately, Chandler went down with a knee injury at the end of that second drive. But they got the tight ends involved a little bit. They had a little pop pass to Jared Wiley. Um, you know, he he fit one in to Jacarius Spivey in a tight window on third down. That was an impressive throw. And it seemed like he was finally getting comfortable. Jordan Hudson had a fantastic catch. He ran a little slant route on, I think it was like third and 10. He didn't get the first down, but he caught it and he got just nailed by a linebacker as soon as he caught the football. And he held on and uh, made a play. And that was super impressive. But as soon as Chandler kind of started to get in a rhythm a little bit in the passing game, he gets hurt. Uh, Max Duggan comes in and then they really didn't throw the ball again. They threw the ball three more times after that. And they didn't need to, right? Like Max Duggan was running the ball like he typically does. Um, you know, they had the backs working in and out. They were just bullying Colorado up front, which is good. But honestly, like the offense they sort of resorted to late in that game was the offense that they've used the past few seasons when they played teams like Texas Tech and Kansas. They can just kind of physically maul. Not a lot of creativity to it. It's just, hey, we're going to come downhill at you and run, um, either with the quarterback or the running back. Now, granted, it worked. And adjusting on the fly, I know it was a tough thing to do, but it seems strange to me. You know, Sonny talked about all three quarterbacks playing, which ultimately they did. Sam Jackson got in there as well late in the game and looked pretty electric the few times he touched the football. But you would think if you have the expectation that all three QBs are going to play, you'd have a little more uh, variation, diversity, creativity within the play calling for each guy. Uh, but once Max got in the game, it really just turned into like a triple option offense to a certain extent, or zone read. I mean, they weren't on the triple option, but, um, you know, some zone read concepts. And it was just Max and, and the running backs taking charge. Um, you know, there wasn't really a playmaker that had a huge night. Kendra Miller had eight carries for 52 yards. He broke off some big runs in the second half. Jim Mercado had the long touchdown run. Amani Bailey um, had a nice day on the ground. Three carries. Well, he only got three carries. They had 42 yards. He had one long run there in the fourth quarter that helped his average. Um, maybe I'm being too hard here. I just, I came away kind of disappointed with what we saw offensively overall. I thought they figured it out in the second half, but it was basically just by running the football and saying, okay, well, we know that we can just get downhill and bully Colorado. So we're just going to do that. And I, I don't believe they were able to work out you know, some of the issues in the passing game. And we didn't really see um, a, a big change and a big dynamic shift from what they were doing last season. But the Chandler Morris injury 
is unfortunate. We've got some different reports coming out um, about the timeline here, and it, it raises a question of, okay, where does this team go now? Who do they turn to? And how do they try to format this offense over the week or weeks that he is expected to miss? We're going to talk about all that next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. I did want to give a quick word to one of our sponsors, Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, um, you're depriving yourself of, of some great joy. And guess what? There's a new flavor, cookie dough. You love cookie dough. I love cookie dough. Everyone does. Um, and I've said this before. Built Bar, it's a great breakfast option for me. It's great for snacks. I give, my, I give it to my kids sometimes. It fills them up and keeps them quiet for a little while. Uh, but cookie dough chunk puffs, they have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And, of course, they're made with 100% real chocolate. That's one of the great things about Built Bar. It's not one of these fake healthy snacks that just taste good because it's loaded up with all these things that you don't really know about, and there's only a limited amount of calories in it. This is real chocolate, only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, in these built bars, you can go to built.com and snag a box for you and the family. It's a perfect treat. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked on 15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, that promo code is locked on 15 and the website is built.com. Go there today. Okay. Uh, locked on horn frogs tomorrow. I'm going to have Matt Jennings on the show and we'll talk a little more in depth about the game. We'll get into, you know, what his feelings were. Um, about TCU in Colorado. Again, I thought defensively this team played very well, and I was impressed with the speed they played with, um, the intensity. It just seems like Joe Gillespie had that group cooking, albeit against maybe the worst offense they're going to see all year. I guess it, it's more likely Tarleton from a talent perspective this week, but Colorado on a Power 5 level. Um, and even if you throw SMU in there, I expect SMU's offense to be much more dynamic than what we saw from Colorado on Friday, but still took care of business when they had to. Now, the big news coming out of that game, aside from the win, is that Chandler Morris went down with a knee injury. Um, and I've seen some different reporting on this. Uh, I saw Jamie Plunkett from Frogs Today. He expects that Morris is going to miss um, about four weeks, which would be. Uh, significant. I mean, they're thinking maybe back by the Kansas game, so missing um, Tarleton, SMU, uh, and then Oklahoma, and then hopefully back for Kansas. There's a bye week in between those Tarleton and SMU games. I know Jeremy Clark had a, a slightly more optimistic timeline, um, hoping that they would get uh, Chandler back, possibly by the SMU game. If you want to hear more for that, you should subscribe to Horn Frog Blitz on 247 Network. Really good information from Jeremy week in and week out on the team. Um, but he seemed to have a more optimistic timeline than than Jamie did at Frogs today. Regardless, I don't, you know, obviously don't expect him to play against Tarleton. Uh, I think there's a good chance he doesn't play against SMU. Which brings me to my question of the day. And you can hit me up in the comments. You can comment about my first segment talking about some of my disappointments with the offense in week one. But uh, the question to me moving forward is now, how do you handle this quarterback situation with Chandler out? And do you start Max Duggan or do you give Sam Jackson some chances? Because I've seen some TCU fans saying, oh, man, they got to get Sam Jackson some opportunities as a starter, give him a lot of reps, maybe even start him in this SMU game. And I got to push back on that a little bit. You know, Max, he, he's taken a lot of heat the last few seasons. I understand 
the accuracy issues, excuse me. He struggles at times to throw the football on a consistent basis. But he's had a lot of starts in his career. I feel like Coach Dykes and Garrett Riley have a good understanding of his um, skill set and his limitations. And with the Tarleton game before a bye week and then playing SMU, um, I believe they could work out a plan before that game against the Ponies that would uh, be workable for the SMU game and would give you the best chance to win with Max Duggan to QB. I love Sam Jackson. I think he's super talented. I understand why everybody gets excited when he takes the field. I was jumping up and down in my room when I saw him take off against Colorado on Friday night because he has a different kind of speed. It's hard to describe unless you're watching it, but it's, I mean, it's that electric type of a speed that you see from guys like Michael Vick. You know, I've seen the Boykin comparisons. Trey was different to me. I, you know, Trayvon was bigger. Um, I think he was shiftier. To me, Boykin had great speed, but I think Jackson, the speed pops a little more. Uh, but Trey was, you know, more elusive, just had incredible awareness. The play was never over because he was always finding ways to extend it and make things happen, either with his legs or with that strong arm. Here's the thing. I don't think you can afford to start Sam Jackson or play Sam Jackson significant steps against SMU unless you're blowing them out. And I feel like this week against Tarleton, you have to give Max Duggan the bulk of the of the snaps because you cannot go into Dallas and just expect to run the football like you did against Colorado and win the game. You have to get this passing game going. And if Duggan's going to be your guy in the SMU game, which I think at this point is definitely possible and maybe even probable, then he has to be comfortable with what this scheme is going to ask of him to do, airing it out in the passing game. And so you need to get that worked out against the Texans this weekend. So I think you play Max Duggan the majority of the snaps. And if you have some special packages for Sam Jackson or some ways to get Sam the ball in space, then do it. But you you, you got to get Max in a game, in a game situation, where he can link up with Quentin Johnson, where he can link up with Darius Davis, who scored two touchdowns on Friday night, had a punt return touchdown. That was fantastic. Also took one on a little reverse play to the house later in the game. Um, have him, you know, get his timing back down, get his rhythm back with these dynamic playmakers and make sure he's ready to go. Because the, the SMU game is not the game where you can be testing stuff out and playing around with things. That's a game where, you, you know, you got to get to 3-0. and I think it's really important to get to 3-0 for bowl eligibility and beyond. And so make sure he's ready to play and make sure he's taking the bulk of the snaps against Tarleton. Um, it's going to be a weird year now. You know, if, if Chandler misses four games, obviously he'll come back with plenty of time, but you have to also measure where's the offense at when he comes back. Are they doing well? Are they clicking? Are they not? And, you know, how does he sort of fit back into the role of, of being a starter or in the rotation when he gets healthy? Um, obviously, I wasn't blown away with what he did in the first half. Now, it's unfair to just judge him on one half of football, but it does give Max an opportunity now to play some and and maybe, you know, impress the coaches enough to possibly win this job back. We'll see, though. I mean, Chandler's going to have his opportunities, too. And I hate that he was hurt. He was emotional on the sidelines. You could tell how much it killed him that he hurt his knee on a play on what looked like kind of a broken play where he probably wasn't supposed to be running in the first place. Um, I hate that that happened to him. And he's he's grinded for a while. It was at OU. He came here. He sat on the bench last year for the most part. 
had some, you know, had that amazing Baylor game, fought all offseason to get this job. I'm sure it's killing him to be on the sidelines. Uh, so I hope he gets healthy soon, and we'll see what they do with the quarterback situation moving forward. But let me know. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I just feel like you got to give Max the bulk of the reps here and get him ready for this game against SMU. But if you think Sam Jackson's ready to start, let me know here in the YouTube comments, or you can tweet at me if you're listening to this audio version on Twitter. I'm at SimcockSteve, and the show is at LockedOnTCU. That'll do it for Locked On Horn Frogs today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. It's uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 